Let's take out the trash day. Friday. I mean, what is it? Any stories we have to give the press that we're not wild about, we give them all in a lump on Friday. Why do you do it on Friday? Because no one reads paper on Saturday. But we do. I'm Yael Grauer. And I'm Jimmy Jenkins, and this is the Monday Morning Dumpster Dive. This weekend, we had the first of what will probably be a long list of President Trump dumps. These are going to be the greatest dumps, really the best. They're going to be so big and so fantastic. You're going to be saying, please, President Trump, quit dumping all this Okay, news. okay, I think we get the point. But you're right. Trump's announcement on Friday of an immigration and refugee ban was stunning. A lot has happened since then. First travelers returning to the United States from the countries outlined in the ban were detained at airports. By Saturday night, civil rights groups like the ACLU were challenging the order in court. A federal judge issued a nationwide stay on Trump's executive order, theoretically halting the deportation of detainees. But there have been reports of customs officials that aren't abiding by the court order. So what we've got here is a massive cluster of governmental agencies scrambling to figure out how this will unfold. Meanwhile, we're setting the course for major immigration implications. Alex Narasta is the immigration policy analyst at the Cato Institute. For all he's studied, he's never seen anything quite like this. I've never come across any legal uh, precedent to exclude lawful permanent residents from entering the United States for a long period of time merely because they were outside of the United States. I haven't come across that before. Not only is this policy unprecedented, it's come to fruition without much vetting. As far as we've heard, the White House did not run this by any other national security officials or lawyers at the DOJ or any other sort of outside legal minds. If you recall, during the Obama administration and the Bush administrations, they usually ran their executive orders by numerous uh, outside attorneys or by DOJ officials. And it seems like the... um, The desire for secrecy here and the desire to keep this all in shop and to get it out rapidly uh, persuaded them not to run it by any of these folks, as far as we've heard. Trump's order has been called a Muslim ban. Rudy Giuliani told reporters that's what the president wanted all along, but he was looking for a legal way to do it. The ban focuses on seven countries that have majority Muslim populations. But Trump didn't have to look far for a list of countries to target. Previous administrations had already done that work for him. There were three existing government lists that had all of these countries. So one was a state sponsor of terrorism list. Uh, put together by the State Department. The other one was a list of countries of concern that was put together by the Department of Homeland Security. And the second list uh, was passed in a 2016 law that instituted more security checks for visitors coming to the United States through the visa waiver program uh, so that if they had been to uh, Syria uh, or Iraq in the previous uh, period of time, I believe it was uh, a couple years, then they would have to go through ser- a series of more checks. So it's uh, seven pre-existing countries that were already on a government list by the time this EO was written. Despite the sweeping actions it's created, the way the Trump administration wrote this order means parts of it may well hold up in court. In the order, they don't actually list these countries. They reference the points in the law and say the countries that are listed here are banned under this statute. And then that's how they designated the country. So they don't actually list those countries in the executive order. They list the statute that authorizes the government to identify these countries as countries of concern or terror states. Uh, And that's how they got it. So is this constitutional? I mean, this is America, right? How is this even possible? I thought this was America. Huh? Isn't this America? I'm sorry. I thought this was America. Large portions of the EO are likely constitutional um, in that the government does have the power to bar uh, immigrants for any reason. However, the barring of lawful permanent residents who have already gone through these screenings 
uh, is likely unconstitutional because they are afforded a lot of protections under U.S. law. One of the more interesting concerns is not whether it's constitutional, but about whether the Trump administration's actions actually violate existing United States law. In the Immigration Act of 1965, the Congress passed a law saying that you can't discriminate based on uh, race, national origin, several other categories in immigration going forward. So the president is relying on a statute that's older than 1965 to say that he can bar these people from specific countries. But by doing so, he might be in violation of the Immigration Act of 1965 and uh, sections that followed afterwards. So not unconstitutional necessarily, but his order could violate the law. It turns out there is a way to protect national security while respecting the rights of immigrants and refugees. In fact, Alex says if you look at the record, the previous policy was working pretty well. To put this into context, from 1975 to the end of 2015, about 768,000 Americans were murdered in the United States in regular homicide, compared to 3,024 who were killed in terrorist attacks committed by foreigners. So while foreign terrorist attacks are a problem, we need to realize that it's not nearly as big a problem as it is portrayed in the media or portrayed in some circles. Now, in terms of what the U.S. government can do, I think they can continue doing what they did prior to Trump being elected, which is to try to screen people for terrorism, uh, coming in to see if they have terrorist sympathies, to see if they've been members of terrorist organizations, to see if they intend to do attacks on U.S. soil, to see if they've done anything that is suspicious that might lead us to say that they would be likely to carry out these attacks. I think that's totally reasonable, completely legal, and uh, consistent with our traditions as a country that welcomes immigrants. That system is not going to be perfect. There are going to be future terrorists who come from abroad under any system that we have in place. But what's remarkable is that since 9-11 occurred, there have been so few terrorist attacks on U.S. soil committed by foreigners who are here. The majority of deaths have been committed in terrorist attacks since 9-11 on U.S. soil have been committed by U.S.-born folks, in which immigration restrictions would have nothing to do with preventing those. So I think uh, we need to realize that, one, the terrorist threat is smaller than we think it is, and two, the restrictions we had in place prior to Trump being elected, we're very good at weeding out potential terrorists who wanted to cause us harm. I don't think we need any more further restrictions that will do a lot to harm innocent people much more than protect us. So why in the world would Trump deliver this explosive policy change on a Friday? Well, the, the Trump administration's justification for putting it out on Friday was that they got a tip about a terror attack. Um, I think part of the reason why they put it out on Friday is basically to cause everybody to scramble over the weekend um, and to go into full panic mode and then to give them time to try to deal with it by Monday morning when it rolls around. The most likely explanation is probably just that it was incompetence on their part. Um, there was rumors that this uh, executive order was going to be released for days uh, prior to when it was. The draft that they finally released was a little bit different than the rough draft that all of us saw a few days before. So uh, maybe they just had to make some changes, and as soon as they were done making those changes, they decided to release it. And that happened to be on a Friday, and that happened to cause a lot of these problems. Alex Narasta is the immigration policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Find him on Cato.org. I'm Yael Grauer. And I'm Jimmy Jenkins. We'll catch you next time on the Monday Morning Dumpster Dive.